Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Welcome dreamers. I'm so excited today. I have Rachel King with me. I cannot wait to pick her brain. She is a dreamer and a doer and a mom and we met through Elise Murphy. She's a new friend of mine and you know, my interviews on this podcast have a purpose and it is to interview dreamers and for you to get inspired by the dreams they are pursuing in their life and you know, because I think it's important to get around people that have done what you want to do and pick their brain. So consider this a mentor session with Rachel and I, and yeah, welcome Rachel to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So tell all of the listeners a little bit about you. About me. Um, I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a wife, a mom, um, and I get to have that title of mom through biological means as well as adoptive means and um, foster means. So we are a foster family in Los Angeles and we um, took a break and we are just about to start back up. Um, so yeah, and I, I love yoga and I like to cook and I like a, you know, a good night at home on the couch with a glass of red wine. <laughs> Same girl. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I just love that you have a heart for adoption, a heart for foster care. I remember when I was early in my marriage, me and my husband were kind of talking about kids and, you know, at the very beginning of that journey, before you've attempted anything, you don't know, you know, like, right. right. No. And, and I love that women are coming out more and more to talk about the things we've, we've hidden for a long time as women, um, you know, whether that's miscarriage or infertility, I feel like that the doors of communication are more open. Um, but anyways, I remember sitting down with my husband and being like, do you feel like you'd want to adopt one day? Do you feel like you want to do foster? And we both had that in our heart of maybe we will adopt one day, you know, but it's, it's scary. It's, it's a lot of unknowns. It's a lot of release of control. Um, foster parents have a very special place in my heart. My mom was a foster parent. She had two kids at the house before I was born. I was the third child. Mm -hmm. Um, she also took in a lot of mothers that were pregnant, just helping them like cope through that whole season of life. And then when I was born, she had a foster child who was 16. And so um, it's been a part of my life and my family. And I think it's really yeah. beautiful. And I think a lot of people have that dream. So I want to dig into your story. Yes. How did God kind of plant that in your heart? Because I love to hear about the kind of conception of a dream. Sure. Um, both my husband, Zach and I grew up in, grew up in families that were formed outside of just biological. So, um, we both have adopted siblings. And so that was something, I mean, even on the first date, he asked me straight up, would you adopt? Because that's a, that's a given for me. And I said, of course, I'm so excited to do that. Um, but for us, it was very international. Um, 
focused for a while. Um, and then I, in college, I studied social work and sociology and actually went on to start my master's in social work. And so I really felt called to the field of social work. And that's really where I thought God was placing me. And I think that's where the dream started. I just didn't know it at that point because um, I was very career focused. I was like, okay, I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to work in the field. I'm going to work my way up and hopefully be a director. That was my goal. And then, you know, as things progressed and, you know, our life kind of, he, his business started growing and we felt like we wanted to start a family and I was working and I just felt this sense of unrest, um, just in where I was and came back to him and it's like, I just feel like there's more I can do. And so my mom and I actually started a foster ministry at our church. Um, and I was working in the field, so I was studying a lot and I was still doing my master's program. So I had a lot of resources and I felt like, oh, I could support families. That could be another avenue that I serve in and, you know, use this passion for, you know, foster care and for this dream that God's given me. And so we started a ministry and I met these families and then I kept thinking, well, I could do this. <laughs> um, it just kept pulling, you know, the, my heart and the tug, I had got tugs at my heart to do more. And I came back to Zach and said, well, what about foster? Have you ever thought about fostering? Um, you know, there's such a need in our country for these kiddos. And he was like, yeah, I could do foster care. <laughs> and I remember I'm very much, um, a planner. I need to plan things out. I need to write lists. I need to go over things a lot. And he is like, let's make decisions left and right. He, he likes to just kind of jump in. And so I remember asking him like, well, we should pray about this. We should, you know, think about it. And he said, why? And I remember looking at him stunned and thinking, what do you mean? Why we're going to start a family with foster care? Like, this is a big deal. And he said, well, there's kids that need a home. We have a home. And we want to be parents. So what's the why? It, it matches God's heart. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, and so at that point, I really just, um, I had stepped away from work for a season to kind of figure life out and realized that I actually wasn't meant to focus on the career part, but I think it was all for God to lead me to bringing kiddos into our home um, and to serve as foster parents. So I think the dream kind of evolved over, you know, a year and a half to, really let us see where God wanted us, um, which was to be a foster family, um, on the home, home base. Wow. First off, your husband talks about kids on the first date. That's bold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very true. That's bold. And I love that. I think maybe, and this is just me, you know, third party outsider here. He probably had so much confirmation for so long that it was like an obvious yes. Right. Like right. God's put this on your, our heart for so long, you know, it's just too obvious. And, um, right. That's so cool. And that's, that's what's neat about marriage too, is the balance of like, who's kind of the, uh, you know, looking around the corner and who's the leaper, right. There's always a leaper and, and like a, maybe a, the nerd and the free spirit, so to speak. Definitely. Um, yeah. that's the Dave Ramsey quote, not me. I'm not saying anyone, <laughs> but, um, and I'm a leaper too, but I think I need to leap after somebody like, I am excited to take those leaps and take that adventure. Um, but he definitely helps us kind of put our first foot over the ledge to jump. Um, so it was really cool that we were just on the same page. Cause I know a lot of families that's not necessarily the case, which is also fine. And, you know, a process and conversations that have to be had, but a lot of times one spouse is a lot more hesitant or things like that. So I think it was a gift and just kind of a very clear 
direction from the Lord, like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Like as a family, this is our, this is our thing. So tell me the process that you guys went through to become a foster parent. Like if someone's like, Hey, that sounds really cool. Like what's all involved and what do I do? What would be their next step? So their next step, um, really is just to get more information. So we were certified through, um, a local foster agency here, Olive Crest. We love them. I actually worked at Olive Crest. Um, so it's just funny to see how God puts all the pieces into place. Um, so I interned at Olive Crest when I was in college and then I graduated and I got a job at Olive Crest in their, um, adoption agency. And, you know, so for, for me to come to them and say, I'm leaving my job and I'm going to be a foster family. Can you certify me? (laughs) You know, it was just kind of really cool too. So we're still in touch and we're still certified with them. So I would tell people to get more information. A lot of times, um, agencies will have just an initial meeting with them, um, with anyone to just talk it up, talk it out, talk about the details, talk about what it would look like, give them kind of the basic rundown of foster care for people who aren't familiar with it. Cause it's a lot, there's a lot of aspects, there's court and workers and, you know, lots of moving pieces. Um, I always personally recommend going through an agency over going through a County, but I know friends who have done that too. You know, it's possible. And I think that that is something an individual just has to decide if they want to take the County route, which is probably a little less work, a little less paperwork. Um, but the agency side, in my opinion, um, you have a little bit more support, um, because you have a, a worker from an agency and a worker from the County. So, um, I always tell people that that's my two cents, but I've seen people go through the County straight as well. And it works great too. So, um, I, yeah, I would just say, get more information. I think that's the first place to start. That's the place to have all your facts and then be able to talk to your family about it and communicate with your spouse about it and lay everything out and take it to God and say, okay, is this for us? Mm. Looking back at, and so you've adopted, did you do foster to adoption? Was that the path you took? So they're actually kind of shifting that mindset of foster to adopt because the ultimate goal of foster care is reunification. And, um, you know, I think Zach and I would have loved to, I mean, we still would love to adopt. We are blessed through adoption. We think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but when you go into foster care, I think the mindset of reunification being first is very important, um, because you have to be on team birth parent until it's proven this isn't the best thing for the child. Um, so we went into foster is what we say. And if adoption presented itself, we were going to say yes. And so that's kind of the route we take as we, um, approach foster care. Oh, that's so good. Cause that really manages the expectations and prepares you for release. No, not that release is ever going to be simple or easy or not difficult. I can't imagine. I mean, I know release is hard. My mom's walked me through different children. She's had to release, mm-hmm. um, you know, this was before I was born and how difficult it was and how she still thinks of them and, you know, prays for yeah. them. And, um, but going in with the mindset of birth team, birth parent, but if it presents itself, we will say yes to the call. Um, that's such a beautiful way to walk in. What advice would you give yourself? Um, before foster parenting, like if you could go back, what would, what would be the advice? Um, I think I would just give myself more encouragement on 
building the relationship with birth parents and the birth family. Um, I mean, that was something we knew was significant going in, but I think I was a first time mom and a first time foster mom. I was just kind of, you know, trying to figure it all out, but I would have been, I would have told myself to be more bold in showing Christ to the birth family, because I think that's huge. I think it's such an opportunity that doesn't present itself necessarily in the day to day to love someone who needs it that way. Um, so I would have told myself, you know, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable. I mean, being in the room all together with all the parties, it's uncomfortable. It's just, it, it's just what it is. And so I would encourage myself to step into that a little bit more and, um, kind of just get even more uncomfortable, you know, in any way that I could. And so that's something I would advise to foster parents too, is just to not be afraid to, you know, build that birth parent relationship because you're sharing a child. You're both of that child's parents. It's, it's a significant relationship. That's so beautiful. So what are you doing to like prepare the space, prepare your kids for the transition, like prepare yourself? Like, what does it look like? Cause you're literally at the precipice of this huge transition. Um, yeah. I love that we're recording this, like right as you are stepping into this new yes, which right. is exciting, you know, but it's also unknown. So like, what are you doing to prepare your home and, and your heart? Yeah. And it's different this time around because when we first started fostering, we didn't have any biological kids. We, I mean, I don't think there's one way to do it that's right or wrong, but we did it in a reverse way in a sense, because most people will start fostering after they've had biological children. Um, and so we started fostering first. And so we didn't have kids to prepare as we stepped into this. Yes. And now we do. And so that's been different for us. Um, and I think, you know, that one of the biggest things that we're doing with our kids is just having conversations about what foster care is. I mean, obviously they're four and two, so those <laughs> conversations are, you know, at their level, but preparing them for, you know, why we're fostering that a child needs a home and they have a mommy and daddy that can't care for them right now. And so we're going to step in and be their family and kind of preparing their little hearts and their minds for the fact that it's unconventional. It's not just a mommy and a daddy and kids, and it's, you know, a birth mommy and lots of different moving um, members. And I think especially for our son, Mason, who's adopted from the foster care system, Zach and I've had conversations of, okay, how do we talk him through what's going on, knowing that it's probably going to trigger some of his history. Um, and he may not even know what is occurring inside of him because he's four. Um, so, you know, he may have more behaviors, you know, Zach and I are kind of talking through, okay, how do we prepare him and then walk him through, okay, you know, our baby is going to have visits. Well, where's my tummy mommy? You know, all those kind of questions that may come up and will come up eventually with him when he has the words to ask those questions. So I think it's a lot of conversation. Um, you know, we're getting the nursery ready. We have a crib in our room, all the practical things. Um, and the boys are very excited, which is really cute. They're, they keep asking, when's the baby coming? When's the baby coming? Um, and so, you know, they're very excited, which is very endearing um, for us as parents. And, you know, I think we hear a lot, there's a fear of, well, what is it going to do to my kids? Um, and I, I always had the response, I think that was appropriate of like, oh, it, you know, it'll break them in the best way possible. They'll serve Jesus, which is all true. But now as a mom, I'm, I'm actually like, oh my goodness, what is this going to do to my boys? 
Um, but I think those truths, as hard as they are to swallow, are real. You know, it they're gonna see Jesus as super young at an early age um, in a hard way. And, you know, how he gets us through hard times and um, how we lean on him when we're tired and we don't understand and how we stick together as a family and how we're called to love other people outside of our walls. You know, all these truths, they're going to kind of live it out. Beautiful principles. So yeah, yeah. they're going to live it out at a very young age and hopefully that will transform them into, you know, incredible individuals as they grow up too. That's our prayer. So, oh gosh, that is so beautiful and inspiring and amazing. Like I just commend you. I am going to be praying for you on this transition. And if you're listening right now and you're like, wow, that sounds amazing. That's something I'm considering. Like, I want this just be an inkling of hope in your heart that, you know, this dream of fostering the stream of making a difference, the stream of nurturing is something you can step into it something that you can get more information on and take the next step and we can always get stuck in paralysis analysis or imposter syndrome like who am I to try to help and and what what if what if one step forward two step back and do the you know paralysis analysis shuffle but you know if you really feel this in your heart I just want to challenge you to go get information, to pray on it, to talk to your spouse, because this is a beautiful way to truly um, help generations and to have a big Mm -hmm. impact. So I have a question, just totally curious. You said you've got a crib ready. Are you able to choose like the gender and age or do you leave it wide open? Do you have the option of that? Are you assuming it's going to be a baby? What does that look like? Yeah. So you have the option, um, to kind of determine who you're welcoming in that best fits with your family and the seasons that you're in. So for us, you know, we are kind of in the young kid season and it just makes sense for us to bring in a baby. So our profile is zero to two, so it may not be a newborn, um, but it will be a child within that age range. Um, and you can specify gender, you can specify all those things for us it's not important. Um, so we just specified age that was always specified. Um, and then the agency too, does walk you through, you know, what characteristics, what behaviors, what needs a child may have that you may or may not feel equipped to handle. And it's gut wrenching to say, no, we can't handle that, but it is for the best that you are honest with yourself of, okay, I can't handle this or I can handle that. Um, you know, whether it's certain behaviors or certain um, physical needs or um, mental needs, things like that to be the best fit for your family. Because the worst thing for a child is for a disruption in placement, which is where you say yes. And then you say, this is too much. I can't and have to say, you need to find a new home. That's like the worst thing for a child. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of kiddos jump homes and that um, research has even shown is just the worst thing for them developmentally. And so for you to say, okay, this is what I can handle. You know, you're setting yourself and your family up for, I mean, I say success. <laughs> Foster care is hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's just hard aspects of everything, but you're setting yourself for as much, you're setting yourself up for as much success as possible so that there is no disruption. And so you go over that with your um, intake worker. So they know who to call you for um, once you start um, because you'll get a call for a child who needs a home. That's how it works. Wow. 
That is so amazing. I am so proud of you. And like you said, foster care isn't easy. It's challenging. And like, if you pursue a big dream and it starts to feel hard, just because it's hard, doesn't mean God hasn't called you to it because God, you know, we can do hard things through Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. He has called us to do work and work isn't a vacation, you know? Um, So just be encouraged in that some things take time. Um, It's a process. It's not something you'll have full control over. And all those things aren't easy for us as humans. I know it's not easy for me. I'm a control freak. I love to plan everything out. I'm poly planner. Like, oh yeah, that's me. (laughs) And that's like, that's not foster care. I mean, foster care is the opposite. Foster care is letting go of control, having control being taken from you. I mean, that was my hardest thing is that I just am not in control. And, you know, I really do believe God calls us to dream big and dream out of our comfort zone, because that's when we have to rely on him. Otherwise we're just doing our day to day and we can handle it. You know, he calls us to dream big and for us, it's scary. I mean, we are not these special people with this special, you know, DNA to do this in the best way. I mean, we're human and it's hard. And even just knowing I'm a few days away from saying yes, again, I'm truthfully terrified a little bit, you know, of just being uncomfortable and but I think those are the moments that God shows himself to us and we allow him to show himself to us in big ways because we, there's nothing else we can do, but say, okay, God, help me through it. I'm leaning on you. And, you know, we're going to take one step in front of the other, it's so put one foot in front of the other, you know, and take one step at a time. Yeah. It's not your full confidence and lack of fear that's going to qualify you. It's, it's the willingness you have to just show up to be open, to be available right. and to make a huge impact, like generational impact in this child's life. I was um, taking this like self care type course on knowing yourself better. And it was talking about how from like age, you know, infant to five, that is the time where you core want to be loved by your parents. Like you want to belong. And typically there's a time in your life. We all go through this where we feel like we don't belong in our family, or maybe we don't feel like we're enough. And after Mm -hmm. five, we're assimilating to the tribe. We want to fit in, you know, we want to belong to the friends and that's when all the school time happens and you're in your school and all that. But below five, it's really your parents that you're seeking that validation for. And so to be that person for a child, to let them know, you know, you are loved, you belong, I accept you, you're enough. I mean, that is going to be something you carry your whole life. And so I just Mm -hmm. commend you for doing the good work, the hard work. Um, I just, you know, want to just share this message because this is a big dream. And I think sometimes we have a big dream and we allow ourselves to get so busy with the urgency of life that we put Mm -hmm. these dreams that we know God planted in our hearts um, on the back burner. So yeah. thank you yeah. for sharing your story. Is there any other advice you'd want to give somebody pursuing their dream in this area? Um, I think, you know, I think you could say this about parenting in general, but there's never going to be the perfect time to say yes to foster care. Um, I mean, there are sure times that are, are obviously not the right season, but if there is a tug at your heart, just keep moving forward. Keep researching and pursuing, um, and see what doors God opens because it's never going to just fall into place. Um, 
And I do think foster care is a dream you have to pursue. It's not really, it's not a dream that falls into your lap per se, because you have to do the work to get certified. You have to pursue the agency. Um, And so it takes some effort on our part, but again, it's just the coolest opportunity to love people, love kids. And like you were saying, you know, this is an opportunity for them to learn that they are loved and that they are valuable. And people always ask, well, what about the goodbye? Like, how do you justify, you know, them being ripped from you and you being ripped from them? And, you know, our first little guy, Isaiah reunified with his parents. And so we experienced that goodbye. And we just keep saying, you know, what we gave him those first six months of attachment and learning all of those truths about himself will carry out for his life, even though we won't get to see the fruits of it. And so that for us is enough knowing that we're implanting um, important aspects and qualities into who he is and truths about himself that we don't get to see the fruits of, but are important. Um, And, you know, we, we feel like it's an honor to be able to do that. And The other thing is too, you know, without him having come into our home for six months, we would have never known him and we would have never known to be able to pray for him by name. And now we get to pray for him by name. And so that that's another, you know, thing that we get to hold on to, even as he said goodbye. Um, And ultimately we just trust him with, we give him to the Lord. We, you know, we trust God that he has him even outside of when we can parent him and hold him tangibly and physically we say, okay, God, you have him. He's your child first. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good you can find in, in the goodbye, but it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, Zach and I wept on the floor for days and, you know, it's painful. It's being foster care is being willing to step into other people's pain. And I think that is what Jesus calls us to do. It's, it's, he's asking us to live a life where we say, okay, we'll take your pain so that you don't have to carry as much. And for, for kids, it's extra heavy. (laughs) And so for us to be able to take some of that pain, um, is why we do what we do. I had a scripture that you just remind me of. So when you were talking about planting seeds, it made me think of this scripture, Galatians six, nine, it says, and don't allow yourself to be weary or disheartened in the planting of good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. And that's what it is. Like you're planting these beautiful seeds in these vulnerable, beautiful soiled, you know, children. And unfortunately, you won't get to see all the fruit in this eternity, in this life, right. you know, but you right. will see it. And that is so beautiful. And I just commend you and I honor you. And I, um, I want you guys to all follow her journey. Tell us where we can kind of find you and keep up with your, uh, your special journey. Yeah. Um, well, my Instagram is Rachel M King. Um, and then I do have a blog. It's rachking.com. Um, and so I shared just some of my thoughts and, you know, kind of word vomit to process some of what we're going through there. Um, you know, it's interesting because I'm very passionate about foster care and advocating for these kiddos and sharing our journey, but there is a confidentiality thing. So we can't, you know, show a child that's in our home. We can't share details. And so, um, you know, as we move forward, I'm kind of (laughs) trying to figure out how to do that. And so it's interesting because, 
you know, I have, I'll have three beautiful children and I can only show two. Um, and so I try to do the best I can with words to kind of share what we're going through and, you know, update as the process continues. But yeah, the, those are the two best places to check out our journey. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for stopping by and inspiring us, encouraging us. We'll be praying for you in this journey and your family as you step into this new transition and this new level. And I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So fun. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. I hope that this episode has blessed you in some way. If it did, please take 30 seconds to leave a quick review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I love seeing your feedback and I read every single one. Also, if you want to help spread the word about this podcast and this ministry, please share a screenshot to your social media, either your Instagram or your Facebook, and tag me in it, tag Horatio Printing, and I would love to just connect with you on a deeper level. Now, before you go, I just want to make sure that you know you are invited to join the Horatio Printing Academy. And if you've been feeling stuck or stagnant in your ability to dream, or maybe you've been feeling unqualified to really put yourself out there and dream those big dreams and pursue the things that make you happy, I wanna help you through the dream crafting course. And I have a gift for you. You can use the code DREAM50, that's DREAM50, to get $50 off the dream crafting course. Now the doors are opening May 14th, and I cannot wait to welcome you into the Academy. Every single member of the Academy gets access to our student community, which is a private Facebook group filled with dreamers encouraging each other on this journey together as we discover our purpose and really conquer limiting fears, the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, and any limiting beliefs that are holding us back from our dreams. I cannot wait to see you in there and you'll also get access to our live monthly support sessions. So if you wanna take your dreams to the next level, do not wait. Go over to thedreamerinyou.com. Use that code. And as I said before, the doors open May 14th, and I cannot wait to see you there. And I truly believe the best is yet to come.